Now, if you've been a part of this church for quite a while, you'll know the vision, if you've been to one of our new to churches, the vision, the idea, what we bring to the church is a river, and at the side of that river, there's trees planted. Who's heard of that vision before? If you haven't, I encourage you to come to New to Church, and we'll go over it again. I'm passionate about this vision. And uh, many of you will know if you've been at the church, Sarah and myself and the girls, we had a sabbatical this year. We're very blessed to go and have some time of refreshing. And, you know, you kind of have an idea of what God's going to say and do, and what God met us in a different way. And um, it was at that moment it made me think about the vision and going back to the vision of the church. God really spoke. I'm really not enjoying wearing this, right? i got to say, when you wear glasses and wear earring aids, and then you have to balance this thing on the top. It's like I've got two sandwiches either side of my ears. So please bear with me. But I need my hands this morning. So I'm like, I don't like the uh, Madonna mic, Britney Spears thing, but I'll need to wear it. So bear with me, right? Right. Thanks for the encouragement. So going back to, back to us, on the sabbatical, we, we, I had a moment with God. And it was at the top, I went to the top of a mountain in Canada, and whilst I was at the top, I smelt these trees, these pine trees. Some of you have heard this story. But in smelling the pine trees, they were so beautiful. Like something, it it was like a smell I'd never smelt before. It was intensified. I remember saying to the girls, they were walking across this mountain, I said, smell it, can you smell it? And they were like ignoring me. I said, Dad, what are you on about? I'm like, "Can can you not smell it, how beautiful it is? And, and we had a moment in a worship service, and, and, and these trees came back to me. And as they came back to me, I was like, man, them, that smell's coming back to me in the worship. Is someone bringing a Christmas tree around the back of the church? Why, why can I smell it? It's coming back to me. And I visualized the trees in, in the worship. And I went, man, that smell's beautiful. And God spoke to me. And he said, Paul, if you think that's beautiful, how much more beautiful are you? I was like, Wow. Wow. I thought I knew God in some way, but then I just went a little bit deeper again with the love of God in a new way. Has anybody had one of those moments? And it made me, at that moment, encountering God in that way, in creation and nature, it made me go back to the vision of the church, that every individual is a tree, and each individual God cares for. Now, if you've seen the, if you understand the vision, it, it, is a, it is a river, and at the side of the river, trees are planted, and all the roots are going into that river. So I really feel this year, it's really important for us to focus on the trees. Is that okay? You being a tree, me being a tree, us being the trees, but something specific I feel we need to home in on, and it's the trees being rooted. It's the trees being rooted. I'm going to read a scripture to you from Psalm 1. Many of you will know this. You've heard it before. Does anybody want to be blessed? Do you believe God wants to bless you? If you don't believe that, you've got to get your theology right, that God wants to pour a blessing into you and through you. So if this, like that girl said on there, I'm no good. If that's what you think, you've got to get rooted into something different. What God says about you, okay? And that is a journey of changing and taking roots out of wrong thinking and putting it into God's thinking. So he says this in Psalm 1, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. 
is like a tree planted by streams of water. I believe that's the vision that God wants for our lives. I believe God wants us to be planted in him so that we can get the resource of life for life and what we need. And it's found in him, which yields its fruit in season. Anybody want to be fruitful? And whose leaf does not wither. Anybody not want to wither? Anybody feel like they're withering some days? <sighs> I have withering days. I have to hold my hand up. Whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers. I'm going to read you from the message version, Eugene Peterson. I've read the NIV, so you biblical scholars will be happy with that. Now we'll read a paraphrase, and I'm comfortable with that. I love language. How well God must like you. Have you got that yet? Have you got that one? How well God must like you. Have you got that? Let's just stay there. Have we got that one yet? Are we believing that, how much God likes you? How well God must like you. He likes you. You don't walk in the ruts of those blinders bats. You don't stand with the good for nothings. You don't take your seat among the know-it-alls. <laughs> Ouch, that hits me sometimes. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture. I love that word, chew. Like a cow chewing cod to get all of the nourishment out of it so it digests properly within the cow's belly. Come on, we got any cows in here? Sorry. You're a tree. You're a tree. We'll scrub that one out. If you're a farmer, you love cows, right? You eat the meat off it, don't complain. You're a tree replanted. I love that. You're a tree replanted in Eden. God has made a way for you to get replanted into the newness of life of what he's made in Jesus. Bearing fresh fruit every month. Never dropping a leaf. Always in blossom. These are, these are what God calls us to be, I believe. Trees that are planted in him that bear fruit are successful. Life might not seem successful from a world's point of view, but you can bear fruit in all things. In all things and through all things, you can bear fruit. If you will hold on to him in his word. And I believe this is what God wants us to be. He wants us to be rooted in him. And he wants us to be rooted in his word. So, how do we do this? First thing is this. I'm going to do the concepts and I'm going to give some practical things we're going to do at the end as a church. The first thing that we need to be able to do. Are you still with me? The first thing we've all got to learn to do is to be rooted in the Bible. Right? Not rooted in, in our emotions. We can acknowledge our emotions and accept them, the highs and the lows and how we feel. But rooted in what the Word of God says. You know, it says in there, Eugene Peterson, he says... You don't take your seat among the know-it-alls. Oh, it's all gone quiet. It's all gone quiet. Are there any know-it-alls in here? Are there any fully qualified Christians in here? Anybody who's fully qualified? No. There's only one who's fully qualified. Do you know his name? He's Jesus. He's fully qualified. The rest of us are not fully qualified. Bear with me on that one. So how do we get into the classroom of learning with Jesus? 
If we're not qualified, how do we get into his classroom of being rooted in discovery and learning from Jesus? Because we're not qualified to enter in, are we not? Bear with me on this. Colossians, oh, we got the scripture. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. Just bear with me on this. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, this is Paul writing to the church in Colossus, have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Now, this doesn't get you in by trying to please him. This is the life you live because you want to please him, because you love him. It's like if my Sarah says to me, I'm sitting there and I'm watching something. She says, will you just fetch me that? And it's like interrupting my thing that I'm doing. I do it because it pleases her. Do you see what I'm saying? I don't do it because I have to. I do it because I love her. And she's going to hold me to this as well when I get home, right? Do you hear what I'm saying? The heart is because I love her. We want to please God because he loved us. Not because I have to. It is the desire to please him, to find out what pleases him. Bearing fruit, here we go again, in every good work. Every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance. Roots going deep. And patience. Roots going deep. And giving joyful thanks to the Father, here we go, who has qualified you. Oh, what got you into the classroom of learning? Jesus. Jesus qualifies you to get into the classroom of learning. You don't have to achieve it. You don't have to earn it. He says, I'm inviting you to my classroom so that I can equip you for life, so that you can do good works in this world. You do not qualify. I qualify you. How? Qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and he has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have the redemption. How? Through the forgiveness. Through the forgiveness of sins. Jesus' blood makes the way for you to get into his classroom. Don't try and earn it. Just accept that Jesus made a way for you. And then come into his classroom. I want to encourage you this year. Put your owl plate back on. Now, I know what, I know some of you, you've passed your test. I know some of you are better drivers than me. I know some of you are still maybe learning. Some of you might not even be old enough to learn to drive. But when we pass the test, what do we do? Hey, I'm qualified. I take, the, I take them off. I don't want anybody to see their mouth plates. It's like shameful. Or you get this one. This is even more shameful. <laughs> Put on the new driver. You are a new driver. No, I am qualified. I don't want anyone to know that I'm a new driver. How are you? That's even more shameful than that. It's true, isn't it? Challenge some of you. Go home, put your new driver thing on your car. You've still not got it all together. You've got to go other countries and learn to drive on the other side of the road. Things change. You get electric cars. Now you can't even hear them. Before you could hear cars. Now we can't even hear them. Got to learn to use different senses. The point of the matter is this. We're always learning. There's only one who's fully qualified. Don't be a know-it-all. Don't put yourself above the word of God and say, I've got it all together. Because you'll find that you'll trip up. 
there's always something to learn. Let us put these on. Let us not judge one another or measure each other, but let us love one another. Our represents learner, our represents love. Let us learn to love. Can you imagine everybody in here walking around with these on? How much more graceful would you be with people? The whole point of these is that you see someone, oh, there's a, there's a learner. You either do two things, I've got to get past them quick. Right? I haven't got patience for them. Move them out of the way. Don't want to know them. I'm off. Or you slow down and you consider that they're learning and you show them a bit of grace. Which one are you? I'll leave that one with you. Put on your owl plates. Remember, everybody in here is wearing owl plates. So when they upset you because they break the wrong way that you break, it's okay. They're learning. So put your owl plate back on. Or maybe you should put your new driver plate on. Is that okay? Let's put our plates on. Okay, second thing then. Rooted in the Bible, let's get a posture of learning. Let's position ourselves to read scripture, learn from the Bible. Maybe you might learn some new things new. Learn some new things new? <laughs> learn some new things. Okay, or maybe I should learn grammar. <laughs> here's, the, here's the point, okay? Things change. If we'd have stuck with the way it used to be 50 years ago, women in leadership would not be, have the opportunity they have today. Yeah? And there are some things in people's mind that still need to change because we need to learn from Scripture and read it in context of what it was then and how it affects society today. Do you hear what I'm saying? So we've still got to learn. We've not got it all together. We're on a journey. Uh, scripture is progressive revelation. So you haven't got it all together. There's only one that does. His name is Jesus. Right. I got this. Can you see it? I was going to buy you all one. Have we got a picture? I was going to buy you all one. And then I realized the price. <laughs> they were like 13 quid. I was, trying to, I was trying to find something that showed the roots that went into the water. You know, resembling Jesus, the source of life. This little plant here, he's starting off. He's only young. And I haven't got a name, actually. Maybe we should name it. But anyway, they're starting off. They're getting a source from the water. And that's what we all need. The word of God is like water. It is a source of life for all of us. So let's get rooted in the Bible. Second thing that we need to do, we need to get rooted in order to relate. I've touched on this. We're learning to love. The whole purpose of getting rooted in Scripture is to become more loving. To become more like Christ is the purpose of reading Scripture. Otherwise, why are we reading it? Yes, it can help you with different areas of your life practically, but ultimately, if we're not becoming Christ-like, we're missing the point of reading Scripture. So, I'm getting lost here. I've got that many pieces of paper. We need to be committed to knowing the God of the Bible. First and foremost, relating to Him. That's the purpose of it. Secondly, then, is like I say, the fruitfulness of our lives will be demonstrated by the love that we have for one another. Would you agree on that? Otherwise, why are we here? Just to know that we're loved? Yes, God loves you, but he's loved you that, so that you can then love others. Why do we go through things in life so that God can comfort you in your suffering, so therefore you can help others when they go through it too? 
Okay? So the whole point of what God is going to do in your life is not just for you, but it's for other people. He loves you so that you can love others. So we're going to get rooted in the Bible, but we're going to get rooted so that we can relate to one another. And then the third thing, this is slightly different, but I really felt this year, I just want to emphasize this as a church. Yes, we're here for one another, but we're also here for one another beyond ourselves. I'm going to read a scripture from Matthew 5:14. Jesus speaking, he says this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, you put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, there's times in Scripture where we're encouraged not to show our efforts towards people. But there are also occasions where God says, I want your things to be seen. I don't want you to hide your light. I don't want you to hide the good works that you can offer people. They're here to be seen, not to be hidden. And I believe as a church, that's what we're meant to do. We're not just to hide what we've got, but we're here to be a, what I would call an apostolic hub. That's a church name, a biblical name. It means a sending church, a church that is here for other people. You know, we're going to send a missions team next month I'm really excited about. How many other things can we do this year to help people beyond ourselves? You know, some of you might be here say, I haven't really got a light. I haven't really got a passion. Or a f-. I want to encourage you, if you want a passion, the best way to, that you'll get a passion is this, is you spend time in the Word of God. Because the Word of God will fan your faith it will fan it like a fire and make it bigger as you spend time with Jesus. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more passion you'll have for the things of God. The less time you spend with Jesus, your fire will go down. You come to church, you'll feel fired up. You go to small group, you generally feel fired up. You might get irritated because there's learners in there. But hopefully it will grow you as you persevere and you're patient in and through that. But the point of the matter is, you will grow as you spend time in the Word of God. You need a fire, get in the Word of God. So, them are the three concepts for this year. We're to be rooted in Scripture, we're to be rooted so that we relate to one another, and we're to be a light on a hill. We're not to hide, but we're to show our light to others. Is that okay for a concept? Right, so how do we do this then? I mean, this is, this is basic, but we've got to do it. It's easy to talk about these things. It's even harder to do them. Would you agree? Everybody can talk about reading the Bible, but it's actually harder to actually read the Bible, study it, and understand it because there's so many things in life that distract us. So we're going to look this year then. Everything we focus on in our small groups, our kids, youth, is how to read the Bible. How do I read Genesis? How do I read Job? How do I read the letters that Paul writes? How do I read them? Because they were written for other people, they weren't written for us. So how do I learn to read them so that they can impact us today? Does that make sense? So we're going to look at, within them groups, within the teams, how to do that. I'm also going to put on some going deeper evenings. So these are going to be 
um, that we have Alpha and other courses running, but this is another course that I've just studied, obviously, for the last two years, doing a master's in biblical studies, and there's some things that I've learned from that that I want to help people and pass on to others. Is that okay? So if you're hungry for the Word of God, I'm going to put one on a month. I'm going to do seven. I'm going to put one on a month, and uh, we'll dig deeper into Scripture. And you might ask some questions, and we might not answer them, and that's okay. <laughs> Is that okay? Yes. You don't know it all, do you? Oh, by the way, I've, I've still got my owl plate on. So I'm still learning, but we'll go along. Oh, my word. There's Madonna Mike. There you go. I'm still learning. I realized when I did this course, I literally know nothing. Have you ever done anything like that? It's like, I, I know nothing. And I've learned something, but it's... It's still a drop in the ocean with what I've learned from reading the Bible. But I want to learn more. I want to create a hunger and a desire and put that on to learn together. Is that okay? So deeper nights, look out for them. There's more information that's coming out. Okay? So rooted to relate then. We want to give you a resource this year that me and Sarah used when we were on sabbatical. And we want to use this resource in small groups because we feel it's really important, first and foremost, to relate to God. Would you agree? Well, how busy is life? Is it just me? Is anybody else busy? Life can be busy. And there's, can be, you can feel like when I'm talking about this, oh, it's something else I've got to do. Does anybody else feel like that? Oh, you're asking me to do something else again. And it can feel like that. But well, we read a book called Get Your Life Back, right, by John Aldridge. And within this book, he talks about how to basically pretty much pause, stop, and think on God. And he created a pause app. And me and Sarah used this pause app. We found it extremely useful. It might not flick your switch. But we're going to do this book in um, small groups. And we're also going to encourage people to use this app. I'm going to read one of the prayers that he uses at the app at the end. And we'll do it together. Is that all right? So this just gives you time to stop pause, meditate, that actually what he's saying is the word of God. He might not say, this is John 3.16, but he's reading scripture and you're meditating on it. So it's a tool to give you to stop, pause, and relate to God. Is that okay? So we're also going to create prayer nights and worship nights. We want to do that again. It's really important that we spend time worshiping God and relate to him first and foremost. Secondly, within Rooted to Relate, we want to create space to relate. It's very easy as church to go, right, we're going to do this, this, this. We're going to put more things on. We don't want to do that. We want to create space within what we already do so that you can relate to one another. In the ministries, small groups, Sundays, we want to create, who wants a picnic? Yeah, in the summer, let's have some picnics. Let's bring some food after church and we'll have a picnic together and just create space to hang out and get to know one another. Is that all right? No quiche, though. Sorry, that's an old joke. I don't like quiche. No, I do like quiche, actually. I don't know why. It's, it was an old joke that churches, everyone used to bring quiche to church things. But anyway, bring a quiche. I don't mind. Right, so that's rooted to relate. The third one, light on a hill. Here are a few things to be an apostolic hub. Obviously, we want to do some things. Many of you know, will know Lift Ministries. We want to carry on supporting Lift Ministries. Um, they're doing a great job. They've been to Pakistan, they've been to um, Qatar, they've been to Uganda. I went there last year. You know, and they've seen thousands of people come to faith. So, I mean, it's a great evangelistic event. We want to support Joel Wiles and that. So that's another way we can help to be a light on the hill. Um, 
We want to carry on doing our essentials bank and our food bank. Those things are really important. But we also want to look at um, supporting a pastor or a project in Uganda. So I'm in discussions at the moment. You'll hear more information. But how can we support a pastor? One of the ways you can do this is you buy them a cow. Sorry, it's a cow morning, isn't it? Cow theme. You can buy them a cow because it's easy for us to say, right, I'm going to give you £200 a month. And that will probably, £300 a month would probably give the wage for a pastor. The problem with that is, at the end of two years, you can't just keep giving him money. He needs to self-sustain, right? So you buy him a cow, he gets the cow, you get him some coffee beans, he plants the coffee beans, he's got a little bit of a business going. And you're supporting a pastor, right? My heart is to support pastors. That's one, just one idea we're thinking of what we can do. I'm in Uganda next month with the team, and we're going to have more discussions there. So we want to support a pastor or someone in Uganda as part of being a light on a hill. Is that okay? Yes. Obviously, we've got a missions team going out next month. Really excited. And we've also hopefully got another missions team because we've got more people going out the following year. So this is going to be an ongoing thing. That means the wheelchairs, we don't want it to be just a one-off thing. We want it to be something that's ongoing over the year. Is that okay? Oh, we've done that project. No, let's continue to support Father's Heart and let's continue to give wheelchairs to these people who don't have wheelchairs. Is that okay? So, there is one thing I want to ask you to do. Next week, we've got Offering Sunday. I want you to please go away and pray and consider what are you going to give into Vision Offering. You know, there's no compulsion. Don't come and feel emotionally persuaded next week. Go away, pray about it in your heart. What does it look like for me to be generous and to sow into this vision? Ask God and you be at peace. You agree that before you come. Is that okay? But I want to ask you to bring one thing for next week. Can I, have you got the, uh, you bring them on stage. Thank you. So, some of you may have heard of Pastor Peter, whose church we're visiting, and um, we're going to be taking some things that they've asked for. So I'm going to read something that they do. He says, as part of, part of our trip to Uganda, we would not only like to be blessing those receiving wheelchairs, but we'd also like to bless the Loving Hearts Babies Home which works alongside Father's Heart in serving the community and is currently a temporary caregiver to approximately 30 babies. They provide holistic care that ensures a safe place to live, medical and nutritional care, growth monitoring in a Christian environment and reintegration with their family or other loving caregivers. Babies don't have mums and dads. In Uganda, it's not easy because there's not a system for them to look after them over here like we have here, right? Our system isn't perfect, let's not go there, but they have nothing. So this church takes 30 in, okay? What they want are some baby grows. Can we fill two cases with baby grows for babies to take? Is that okay? And it made me think, I thought, you know, we're doing rooted, rooted things grow. I thought babies grow, I thought, how ironic, you're asking me for baby grows. I thought, I've got a church full of babies and I'm one of them, right? Don't take offense at that, please. I mean learners, is that all right? We're, we're all learning, we're all growing, are we not? We all grow out of something, then grow into something else. Let's get 30 kids, some baby grows. We'll give you some more information. Is that okay? You send it on emails. But we need baby grows. Under the age of... 
newborn to two. Let's fill more than two cases, eh? So this week, there's your task. What can I do practically to help be alive on a hill? I can give a baby grow. Now listen, new baby grows. Okay, new. Don't bring second hand. We want to take send new things. Is that okay? So your task this week, guys, we're rubbish at these tasks. Can you do it, guys? Yeah. Don't leave it to the other or someone else. Guys, do I hear about three guys then. Guys, guys, can we do it? Come on. Right, there's your task. You've got one task this week, guys. One job, that's all. So two, sorry. Put the bins. Baby grows. It's not all. Oh, right, is that okay? Yeah. Take them when we go. In, it's only, we've only got three and a half weeks. So, now, some of you, if you're like me, you've got lots of things going on and you get distracted easily. Or you've got things that you fill your life with and you, you maybe don't always prioritize studying scripture or talking to God and praying because you've, you'll say, I haven't got time. Does anybody else think like this? I haven't got time. The reality of it is you do have time. Everybody has the same amount of time. It's just what you choose to prioritize as your time. Would you agree? So you just pass me those. I'll make a mess here. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I stuck them together, didn't I? Thank you very much. So... You know, my biggest task this morning was stopping Jairi nicking these and eating them. She must have asked me five times, what are you doing with the Maltesers? Can I have one? No, Jairi. Can I have a Malteser? No, Jairi. What are you doing with them? See you in a minute, I'm coming in, kids. Can I have a Malteser? No, Jairi, no Maltesers. Anyway, so this represents your life as a vessel. This is you, Okay. And you've probably seen this, I've seen it time again, I've seen it on Instagram, but I just want to do it as a reminder. Most of us, we've got things that we do in life that we like. Mmm. <laughs> Yours might not be chocolate, it might be cheese. It might be Netflix. I'm a bingeaholic. Can't just watch one episode, I have to watch the whole thing. I haven't got time. But we have time for Netflix. We have time to do what we like. We have time to do the things that please us. Do you agree? Now, do you have time? Yes. yes, you have time. You'll prove it by the things that you do. And we fill our lives with the things that we like to do. And then we say, oh, I need, I need to read my read Bible. Oh man, I'm just quick, I'm on the go. And I'm trying to read my Bible, and I'm trying to be fruitful, but then I'm trying to squeeze everything in my life. I'm like, I haven't got time because I've got to squeeze that in now at the end of the day. And I, yeah, I'm busy and I've got this going on, but I'm trying to bear fruit, but actually, it's not a priority. Are you with me? And you know what I'm going to do? In order for it to be a priority, you know, the, if you read... John Maxwell's leadership books, the number one thing he starts with is what? Priorities. Priorities will tell you what you love. Look where your money's going, it will tell you what you love. You, you, you just look where your money's going, that will tell you your priority, he says. Oh, still got some in, sorry. So this is about choice. Don't blame anybody. Don't 
blame life. Don't blame busyness, family, kids. It's choice to prioritize. Okay? So what we do is we start to put the word of God in first and listening to God and spending time three minutes a day on a pause app. You'll be surprised what it does. And as you do this, right, I'm trying to put fruit in my life. I'm trying to put my roots into God's word. I want my roots to go into what he says, not what the world says. So I'm going to spend time prioritizing and putting my roots into him. Are you with me? Now, there's more to it than that because you have to apply it and live it out, okay? But if we're not doing the first thing, how are we going to know what to do if we're not listening to somebody else? So this has to be a priority. It's the first psalm. So then you go, wow, I've got all this stuff and uh, then I can do it. Then I can, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, what you'll find is, not only does it fit in, oh, there's a little bit more space. Oh, I've got room. Got space, got time. Oh, I didn't realize. Because the God's reordering of your life is happening. See, when you come to God, there's a few things that happen. The first thing happens is reordering. This is the way I used to live. Now God says, come with me and I'll reorder. Creation now is going to change into what he wants. So he reorders your life into his order. Now that's called not getting into God. You're into God through faith. You're in the kingdom of God. Jesus qualifies you to get in. But now he wants you finding out what pleases him. So then you'll start to reorder some things in your life. And you'll do that by listening to him, understanding him. And as you do those things, they'll start to reorder your life into his ways. And it will please him. And your life will please him and please others. Does this make sense? But it has to come down to choice to reorder my life. God, you're going to be a priority. God, you're going to be king. God, you're going to be number one. Not just of one area, but all areas of my life. Ooh, even that bit. Yeah, even that bit now. My emotions. Yes, I want you to be Lord. I want you to be the king. That doesn't get you in, but it'll demonstrate how you live your life is how you live in the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Is, it, is this making sense? Are you with me? Are we going to get rooted this year? Do you have a desire to get rooted? That's the question. Because if there's no desire, you won't bother. John Maxwell says this. Desire is the seed of every great accomplishment. Desire is the seed of every great accomplishment. So what's going to get me in Jesus is desire of Jesus. What's going to get me in the word of Jesus? How am I going to find out about this Jesus? Because I desire Jesus above all things. Then he says this, consistency is the fruit of that seed. So if, if I love somebody, then I'll be committed to them. And then I will learn to be consistent in that love. Why? Because I love them. Why am I going to know the word of God more and more and desire it? Because he loved me and I love him. Do you love Jesus this morning? You know, the more of this stuff you eat the more you'll desire it. Dude, the more Netflix, the more you'll want. Oh, sorry, I got a bit high pitch then. <coughs> it's true though, isn't it? When is enough enough? It never is. But the more you desire the fruit, the more you taste it, the more you like it. And the more you realize it's good for you and it's healthy. So it depends on how you feed yourself. 
Do I feed myself with the good things and the fruit, or do I feed myself with the things that, they're not bad, but they're never going to make me fruitful. Uh, Jesus says this, man, Matthew 4, 4, man does not live by bread alone. Instead of bread, put something else in there that you like to do. Because bread's not bad for you, is it? Unless you're celiac and then it's a bit of a problem, so you have to, right? But generally, bread isn't bad for you, is it? Jesus wasn't saying, don't eat bread, it's bad for you. No. He was trying to get priorities right. Man doesn't live by Maltesers alone. I've not changed the word of God, by the way, there. Man doesn't live by my Netflix alone. It's Netflix isn't evil. Maltesers aren't evil. All the stuff that you're doing that's got all your time and energy, they're not evil. They're okay to do, but don't make them the highest priority. Make the word, Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How am I going to know what God says in Scripture? How has God revealed himself fully in Jesus? I want to know this Jesus. I want to know what he says about me. I want to know what he says about my family. And I want to live a life that glorifies and honors Jesus. Is that okay? Should we love Jesus a bit more this year than we loved him last year? At the end of the year, I get somewhere. And by the end of this year, you'll say, you know what? I'm more loving this by the end of the year than I was at the start of the year. I've got something more of his grace, something more of him. And because I've chosen to be rooted in him, not rooted in me. So, are you with me? Are you ready to get rooted? I'm going to finish there, but I want to just give you a takeaway, something to think about. And then I'm going to pray and we're going to do this pause app. I'm going to give you this to take with you. In my old life, this was a beer mat. Now it's a coffee mat. It's a coast. See the reordering that's happened. Right? By the way, man doesn't live by beer alone. There's nothing wrong with beer. But I'd rather live by the word of God. Okay? So I'm going to give you this take. And this is a reminder. You can put it on a coffee table. And every time you see it, it's got a little tree on it, reminding you, I want to be rooted. You have a coffee, you, 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 you put your coffee or your drink and sit there, open your Bible or get your pause app and take a minute. And when you forget, don't be condemned, but this is on the table to remind you, oh yeah, I forgot, I'm just going to take a minute, God. Take a minute in the morning, a minute at night to remind you of how loved you are, that God Loved you with everything. And I want to know this love and be rooted in love and love others like you've loved me. So, we're going to pray and then I'm going to read one of these pause apps. And with this pause app, what it does is it encourages you to breathe. Breathe in. Breathe out. Come on, breathe in. In. Hand out, because some of us we only shall believe because we're because we're, we're we're busy. But he encourages you to stop, pause, and breathe in, and breathe out. Okay. And I'm going to read what it says, and I want to pray this with you, and I want you to engage in this. Not just me praying this, but you pray this with me in your heart and in your mind. So let's just close your eyes, take a minute, and I'm just encouraging you to do this pause up because I found it extremely beneficial. It says this, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares 
about you. I'm going to read that again. It's from 1 Peter 5, 7. Give what you're worrying about right now. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I give everyone and everything to you, God. And they ask the question, what do you need to let go of? Quoting Jesus, it says, I have given them the glory that you, may, you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, heal my union with you. I love you. I believe you. I worship you. Restore our union, Lord. Heal and restore our union. Quoting Ephesians 3, it says, that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. I pray for more of you. God, fill me with more of you. I pray the river of life would fill me, restore me, renew me, surround me. God, I need more of you. Saturate me with your love. Saturate me with your life. And that's just a simple pause app. I think it's three minutes long. You can do them for 10 minutes. You can do them for one minute. If you're busy, take a minute. But I want to encourage you to engage in this pause app this year. Because I believe this is what it'll do. If you do this, not only will you just be reading a word on a piece of paper, but as you engage with God, you've got the Holy Spirit that will bring Jesus alive to you. And where you think you had not, no room in your life, what you'll find is God will begin to pour more of life into you. And he'll begin to fill all areas of your life. Refreshing, renewal, as you spend time with him. So my prayer, our prayer as a team this year, that you'll go deeper with God. That you'll be rooted in his love and the Holy Spirit would reveal Jesus to you. Is that okay? Does anybody want these Maltesers now? You notice how the color of the water at the bottom. Anybody want a chocolate milkshake? You want one, yeah? <laughs> no. Okay. Hopefully this has inspired you this, to this year to hunger for God. And let's get in his word together. Let's love one another. Let's be a light on a hill. Is that okay? I just want to pray for you and then we're going to worship together. Jesus, we thank you. Come on, let's stand. We thank you for your love. We thank you, God, that you sent Jesus to reveal your love to us. I pray this year, Lord, as we study your word, you would open the eyes of our hearts that we would know you. Lord, help us to rest in your love. Lord, when it gets difficult, help us to have perseverance and patience with one another. Heavenly Father, bless this congregation. 
Father, ignite fires in their hearts for you. May they be a light in their home. May they be a light in their job. May they be a light in their street with their neighbors. Breathe new life, I pray, Father, into this congregation. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We worship you. We thank you that you love us, that you didn't abandon us, but you came and you gave everything to show your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.